Thanks for listening to the Inner Life Podcast. Be sure to join us every weekday at 11 a.m. Central on Relevant Radio or on the Relevant Radio app. Find your local Relevant Radio station at RelevantRadio.com or stream us live every day on the Relevant Radio app. It's time to set out on the pathway to healing and light. This is the Inner Life on Relevant Radio. If you have questions or concerns about your faith journey, if you are struggling or searching for something more, if you are in need of some spiritual direction, our Catholic priests are here to help. One heart at a time. Welcome to the Inner Life on Relevant Radio. Hi and welcome to the Inner Life for this Friday, the Friday and the third week of Easter. I'm Josh Raymond. And today, along with being a Friday of the third week of Easter, it is also the very first day of our Novena to St. Joseph. And we're praying together leading up to the Feast of of St. Joseph the Worker that's coming up next uh, Saturday, May 1st. And we're joining together with all of our intentions. And thank you to all of those of you who have written in. And uh, you've sent your different specific prayer requests. I've read through every single one that I've received so far. And so want to unite ourselves together in prayer for that. If there's something you'd like prayed for, you can go ahead and email it to me at innerlife@relevantradio.com. I'm keeping all of the intentions private and personal. Um, they're confidential. I'm not going to share them with anybody. Um, I just read through them and make sure that they're on my mind and in my heart as I'm joining together with you. And, of course, if you haven't emailed your intentions, I still invite you to join together with us, whatever those intentions are that are in your heart, in in your mind. Um, And the prayer that I'm using is found on the Relevant Radio app. Fairly easy to find it. All you need to do is when you open the app, there in the upper right corner, you'll see the pray icon. And if you select devotions from that menu, then it'll take you to another menu where you can scroll down and find the Novena to St. Joseph. So that's where that prayer is located. So again, with whatever intentions that you have that you're praying for, let's join together right now and ask St. Joseph to intercede for us to Jesus in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. O St. Joseph, whose protection is so great, so strong, and so prompt before the throne of God, I place in you all my interests and desires. O St. Joseph, do assist me by your powerful intercession and obtain for me from your divine Son all spiritual blessings through Jesus Christ our Lord, so that having engaged here below your heavenly power, I may offer my thanksgiving and homage to the most loving of fathers. O St. Joseph, I never weary contemplating you and Jesus asleep in your arms, I dare not approach while he reposes near your heart. Press him in my name and kiss his fine head for me and ask him to return the kiss when I draw my dying breath. St. Joseph, patron of departing souls, pray for us. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, amen. And again, if you would like to have your intentions included in the ones that so many other people have emailed through, you can send that to me at innerlife at relevantradio.com. That's the email address, innerlife at relevantradio.com. And we'll continue praying every day through next Saturday, uh, May 1st, the Feast of St. Joseph the Worker. Now, as we begin today's show, I want to ask you actually a very personal question, and that is, what is the state of your soul Are you in a state of grace, or do you have maybe some serious sin that is really weighing on you? Is there something that's keeping you from being, in the words of Matthew Kelly, the best version of yourself? Do you need to go to confession? Do you need to start anew? 
What's that area of your life where you need to improve? We all have that one area that we need to work on in our lives, right? So what is the state of your soul? Today, the very first reading that we hear at Mass from the Bible is, it's from the Acts of the Apostles, and it's where Saul of Tarsus, he encounters Jesus for the very first time on the road to Damascus. And prior to this, Saul, he has been on a mission to kill any of the followers of Jesus and eradicate from the earth, <laughs> what he believes is this very dangerous cult, this spinoff from Judaism. But then he has this encounter with Jesus. On the road, he's hit with this blinding light. He's knocked to the ground. He hears the voice of Jesus. And this leads to this immediate transformation for Saul, who then devotes his life to preaching the gospel and is forever after known as Paul, the apostle. No longer Saul, but now he's Paul. And from him, we have the majority of the writings that comprise the New Testament of the Bible. He becomes this missionary that's traveling and establishing Christian churches throughout the Roman Empire, and he becomes a martyr for the faith. He gives his life for what he believes in. His encounter with Jesus is life-changing, and our encounter with Christ should change us as well. We should have a boldness to share our faith. We should be ambassadors to the world, ambassadors of peace, because we ourselves are citizens of the kingdom of the Prince of Peace, and we should strive to live holy lives. But living a holy life, it's demanding, isn't it? It's a struggle. That's how St. Paul describes it in his letter to the Romans. He says, I do not do the good I want, but I do the evil I do not want. The things that he wants to do He doesn't do the things that he doesn't want to do. He finds himself still doing them. So is there hope for us? Even if a saint like St. Paul, the apostle, he struggled with living a holy life. Well, yes, of course there's hope, right? We can take refuge in the words that Paul told Timothy. He wrote to him and said, if we persevere, we shall also reign with him, with Jesus. And Paul goes on to tell Timothy that even if we are unfaithful, He remains faithful. God remains faithful. He cannot deny himself. He cannot deny who he is, the essence of who he is. Well, today, looking at that conversion of St. Paul, we want to look at how we can have not just a one-time conversion, but that ongoing conversion of our hearts, of our minds. We want to look at how this ongoing, this daily conversion will help us in this struggle to live a holy life. And joining us today as we look at living a holy life, at having that daily conversion, is one of our spiritual directors, one of the priests that takes time here to be with us and uh, help us along this journey. And it's Father Chris Walsh who is here today with us. He's the pastor of St. Raymond Penyafort Catholic Church in Philadelphia and chaplain at Bishop McDevitt High School in Wincote, Pennsylvania. And Father Chris, welcome back to The Inner Life. It's so nice to talk to you today. Thank you so much, Josh. Good to be with you and your listeners in these uh, wonderful Easter days and approaching the uh, second feast this year of St. Joseph. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Uh, very exciting. And uh, um, so glad to have you here today as we do look at St. Paul and the example that he's lived out for us. And as I mentioned, he has this dramatic conversion. He is blinded by this brilliant light of Christ. He's knocked to the ground. Uh, it doesn't say in the, Apostle, uh, in the Acts of the Apostles that he's on a donkey, but I always have in my mind that he's knocked off a donkey onto the road, and he hears the voice of Jesus, and there's this dramatic change, this dramatic conversion. Now, for most of us, we are probably not going to have a dramatic conversion like that. There will be this kind of inner realization or inner epiphany when we encounter the truth of the Catholic, ch- uh, Catholic faith. 
But that initial conversion, as well as that continued conversion in our lives, it's probably outwardly not going to be some huge dramatic change in the same way it might have been for St. Paul, but it can be dramatic inwardly. Um, But that doesn't—just because it's not dramatic outwardly, it doesn't mean that there hasn't been a significant change or impact in our lives. Exactly. And I think it's important also, Josh, as we talk about Paul and as we reflect with him— and his conversion experience in the first readings at, at daily mass over these Easter weeks, you know, Paul was not entrapped in sin the way many people are when we talk about conversion. You know, Paul was a Pharisee. Uh, he was a righteous Jew. Um, he was very observant of the law. Uh, Paul was a man of, of great prayer. And even his persecution of Christians, which we would obviously see as a an, an evil thing, which, which in fact it was, as he stood by, we just heard a few weeks ago or last week, you know, his, his standing by while Stephen is martyred. You know, Paul was doing that in the name of righteousness. He thought that that was a thing that was honoring God. And so his conversion is a little bit different than what most of us are talking about, because Paul was living virtue. Paul was living a life of prayer. Paul was engaged in worship. Paul was engaged in acts of, of, of charity. So the things that most of us are being converted to, Paul was already there. His conversion was from Judaism uh, to Christianity, to the early Catholicism. Uh, and you're right, it, it, was, it was dramatic in one way. Yeah, the scriptures do not say that he fell off a donkey or a horse, but that he was knocked to the ground and blinded. We often forget that. You know, he's blinded to, to bring him to a new level of trust um, so, so that he'll go and, and, and follow the promptings of God. But as you said at the beginning, he, he continues to work it out. He continues to have his struggles. He continues to have his thorn in the side. So while he has this experience, which I think most Christians can point to some experience, some retreat, some homily, some moment of prayer, some moment of of great struggle that gives them the desire. And then that's what we unpack over the years and years and years of our daily living, the Christian life. Yeah, and so that ongoing conversion, for me, as I was reflecting on this, you know, where we're trying to unpack that initial that initial excitement, that initial encounter there that we have ourselves, it took me back to where Christ calls each one of us to take up our cross daily. And so as we are trying to unpack that and try, you know, Jesus says again and again and again, when people come to him to be healed, go and sin no more. You know, he tells that to the woman at the well, or then he tells the man lowered down by his friends through the roof, the uh, paralytic, he says, your sins are forgiven. This, the, the aspect of your sins are forgiven or go and sin no more is more important than the healings that Jesus is doing. He sees that spiritual healing, and he knows that's the most important thing that we need in our lives. But as we're trying to unpack in our lives, as you're talking about this ongoing conversion, it seems to me that it goes back to Jesus saying we need to take up our cross daily. We need to start each day with a conscious decision uh, a choice that we are going to grow closer to Christ, that we're going to try and live out that holiness, that call to be holy as our Father in Heaven is holy. Praise God. Yes, indeed. Uh, the, the words of Jesus always have to echo in our heart, especially those, because they're the ones that we kind of cringe at, right? Um, Father Benedict Rochel for many years used to have the, the, the great line where he would say, you know, we, we all love the idea of Jesus saying, take up our cross, but we just want that cross to be made out of styrofoam and have wheels on it. 
You know, we, we want we, yeah. our, our selfishness continues because we want to we want to pick the cross. We want to pick the penance. You know, and, and how often we fall into that, especially in those first days of conversion, um, where where we think, okay, well now I, I need I need to fast every day, but at the same time I'm not minding my words when I speak with my spouse and kids. <laughs> you know, I I, I want to. Uh, you know, I want to walk around barefoot, you know, as a penance like, like St. Francis, you know, but I'm, but I'm not willing to curb my appetite for food or drink, you know. So it's, it's that process that I think many, many of us have, have gone through. I do think there's the idea of conversion. In our homes, there's a, there's a practical uh, example of what conversion looks like. Um, you know, when the, when the electricity comes into our homes, you know, it doesn't go right to where we plug it in. There, there's, there's converter boxes, you know, that's what that... Uh, the, the, the system where the electricity comes in at a higher phase and then needs to go down. Um, many of us have those little adapters because we've got old old outlets, and so we need to do the three-to-two sort of converter. Um, if, if any type of device you're using, can, you know, you need converters. I'm sitting here looking at my MacBook uh, laptop, and you know, I have to have a converter to plug it into, you know, the the, the, the different cables that I'm, I'm using and things that I'm charging. So conversion is not just change. But it's, it's a reorientation. And, and I think that that's what happened with Paul. I think it's what happened with, with Matthew. I think it's happened with Zacchaeus. In all the gospel stories of the Ethiopian eunuch, who we heard the other day at Daily Mass, um, what happens is they're, they're, the focus of their life becomes reoriented. And the point that you bring up about Jesus challenging us to pick up our cross is the fundamental reorientation that I'm not living just for myself anymore. I'm not just doing what I want, but I'm going to follow the path of Christ, and the path of Christ always will lead me to Calvary and then on to the empty tomb. Well, and you talk about that reorientation. I've always heard that that word repentance, to repent. It means that it's not that you just simply stop doing the sin, but that you turn around and you walk the other way. And that, that repentance seems to be, that's going to have to be a key component there to this process of conversion that we do. We continue to turn away from sin. We continue to try. We strive to live those upright lives. Um, But again, for me, it seems, well, that goes back. I need to make that conscious decision every day. I remember hearing the story of when uh, Joseph, not not St. Joseph that we're talking about here earlier in the hour, but Joseph in the Old Testament, one of the sons of Jacob, who's renamed Israel, uh, when he's sold into slavery, he then finds himself in the house of Potiphar. I, I believe it's Potiphar. And so he's there, and Potiphar's wife ends up trying to seduce him. But he has already resolved, he's already made that decision in his mind that he's not going to give in to the temptation, not going to give in to the sin. So it's easy for him to flee from that when it's presented. When we don't make that decision, that's where I think we can really fall into some dangerous territory if we haven't already resolved in our minds that we're not going to give in to that. And that's exactly right, Josh. Because, And I think that's the struggle that many of us who praise God are living a life of virtue you know, folks who are listening to the inner life who are serious about their prayer life. So, so praise God for all the folks in our listening audience. But sometimes we struggle in understanding why our friends and family who are not churchgoers, who are not living a Christian life, who are not pursuing virtue, like why is it? And one of the conversations I have often with, with my staff here is how do we cast the vision 
that makes it attractive for people who are not living a life of holiness to, to do that. That's what Christ did when he preached. You know, his, his, the great Sermon on the Mount was casting a vision for a life of blessedness, a life of happiness that is not just radically different from the world today, but radically different from the world of first century Palestine as well. And so what Jesus was asking people to do was reorient themselves. You know, the, the standard that I seek to live my life is not, you know, am I better than my sister-in-law or am I better than the guy across the street? But am I living the standard of Christ? Do I understand that? Uh, there's great popularity right now right, with the, uh, the program The Chosen, you know, the, the, which is sort of a, you know, loosely based on the biblical accounts of, of Christ. Um, and, and one of the things I'm finding with people is they, as they sort of encounter that and, and hearing the words of Jesus perhaps in a different way and seeing how it plays out in the different characters of, of the, the Christian story and how they respond of how someone like a Nicodemus has his life reoriented, <laughs> that he's no longer living, you know, for the Roman Empire, you know, for the Sanhedrin and, and being happy with those worlds, but actually seeking to align himself with Christ. And, and, it, and, and otherwise, you know, the struggle for sin doesn't make sense. Otherwise, going to Mass doesn't make sense. Otherwise, having a life of prayer doesn't make sense, unless that's where I want to go. And again, we see this all the time when someone sets their hearts on being a professional athlete, everything lines up. Someone sets their heart on being a millionaire, <laughs> everything lines up. Someone wants to be a great school teacher, everything lines up. They want to master golf or uh, some video game, they, they, they line it up. How do we make following Christ as attractive as those other choices they've made? Well, and it makes me think, as you're saying, you know, if if you want to be good at this one area, whatever it is, you know, at making money, at playing a game, at, you know, what uh, the sport, it reminds me of the life of St. Ignatius of Loyola, where he wanted to be this amazing soldier, right? He wanted to be a hero like he would read in these great stories of soldiers and warriors, and, and then he gets wounded in battle. He's laid up for a while, and he has the option of, I, I, as I remember hearing the story, he basically has the option, you can read some romance stories or you can read about the lives of the saints. And he says, well, give me the lives of the saints. I'll read through that. And it inspires him so much that all of a sudden he says, well, I want to do that. And I, like you say, everything starts to line up for him. Yeah, It's actually the story is even a little funnier than that. And I think it reveals where many of us are. So he, he, he got hit in the leg with a cannonball, an unfortunate circumstance for anyone, right? Uh, and so he's recouping at his sister's house from this leg injury, and he 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 gives he wants books to read, and so she gives him the option, and he chooses the romance novel. Oh, does he? <laughs> <laughs> and he's reading all about worldly heroes. Well, then when the leg is healed, Josh, it's crooked, and Ignatius was so vain that he said, "I was afraid to walk into a party with a crooked leg. Who would want to dance with me?" And so he had his leg rebroken, and now he already read the other books, and so now he has to read the lives of the saints. And he begins to think the birthplace of the spiritual exercises is, you know what, when I thought about the worldly successes, it kind of made, it made me exciting for a moment, but then it left me. But as I thought about the lives of the saints, that excitement remains with me. And it's, it's a deeper, more profound, could I do this? Could I do this? And that began his great journey. The saints, the lives of the saints that he read about 
cast a vision for him of not living for worldly fame, of not living for world popularity, but living for the kingdom of God. So one of Ignatius's great uh, meditations, and our listeners can Google this and, and, and find different versions of it, is the meditation on the two kingdoms. Because it's a fundamental choice, even if you're not doing Ignatius's meditation on the two kingdoms, it's a choice that every Christian has to make on their journey to conversion. Do I want to live for the kingdom of this world, which is about pleasure, power, and honor? Or do I want to live for the kingdom of God, which is about taking up my cross, humility, and service? Our spiritual director today is Father Chris Walsh. We're talking about having that ongoing conversion in our lives, how we're growing in holiness, growing closer to Christ. What routines or habits have you developed in your life to help you make that daily decision, that daily renewal of intention to live for Christ. You know, we're all on that journey. None of us here on this side of eternity has finished that process of conversion. But as we continue down that spiritual path, what helps you to stay strong and devote each new day to uh, making a little more progress than the day before? What helps you to make those strides forward in living a holy life? We'd love to hear how God has been able to work in your life, how the Holy Spirit has helped lead you in that way so you can live that holy life. And our studio line is open for you, 888-914-9149. Maybe you need a little help. Maybe it is a struggle and you're looking for a little guidance. That's why Father Chris is here. Again, that's studio line, 888-914-9149. And we'll be back with more here on The Inner Life on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. If you are struggling or searching for something more, if you are in need of some spiritual direction, our Catholic priests are here to help. Call now, 1-888-914-9149. That's 1-888-914-9149. This is The Inner Life on Relevant Radio. Welcome back. I'm Josh Raymond, along with our spiritual director, Father Chris Walsh. He's the pastor of St. Raymond of Penufort Catholic Church in Philadelphia. And we're talking about having that ongoing conversion, that desire to make those strides forward in holiness in our life. And how have you accomplished that in your own life? What are some of those habits, those routines that you've developed that have allowed you to grow in holiness uh, you can share what has helped you in your spiritual journey. 888-914-9149 is the number, and you can call into the studio. 888-914-9149. And Father Chris, before the break, you had mentioned how we have those times where we we get excited. You know, we want to do the fasting, but then we might be talking rudely to a member of our family at home. We want to walk barefoot and, you know, take on that kind of uh, penance like St. Francis of Assisi, but then we might be doing something in our own family life that doesn't show that we're living out that that Christian ethic, you know, that Christian ethos. And so to a degree, though, all of us are going to struggle with it. Like, like we talked about, it's a struggle. You know, we are striving. None of us will probably get it perfect. You know, there's the the saints, those who have lived those heroic lives of virtue. Um, but for, for most of us, I think we're just trying to make it along the way and say, I'm trying to do better today than I did yesterday. Um, but we know that we're going to fall down. 
And it can be easy to look and say, well, how can I help be that example for others when I know I'm, uh, I've got all these problems in my own life? When you have that, that knowledge of your own hypocrisy, as you're trying to say, this is the right way, this is what you should do it. And even as you and I are talking here in our own lives, we're going to have our own places where we say, yeah, of course we're not perfect. Of course we have areas that we can work on, our pride, our selfishness, whatever those, those areas are that get to us. Yeah, uh, it, it is a good point because I think we always worry about, you know, am I a master at this enough to help someone? Uh, I had a conversation recently with a woman who's probably about uh, 60 days sober from alcohol, and um, it, it just made a tremendous difference in in her life. And and it's and, uh, along with her path of sobriety, she's become a daily communicant, and and she's just talking about how people are just complimenting like how different she is and you know she's been very public that 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 she's stopped drinking and um she's had a, another friend who also is concerned that they're drinking too much ask her for help and she said well you know a says that you know i can't do anything i said look you're not going to be a sponsor but you can't talk to her about your journey like you can witness to her what god is doing you don't have to wait to be sober for three years or five years or ten years there's not some magical point where you get there you're on a path to virtue, you can share that with someone else. You can encourage someone else because they see something in you. And so if we're committed to a life of prayer, if we're committed to, to a life of virtue, you know, what is, what is it that Christ asks us? Follow me. At no point in the gospel does he say, you must follow me perfectly. Christ knows us. Remember, he came to be a savior because he knows we're sinners. He knows we're going to struggle. And part of that struggle is that we become humble. We become humble. I've taken to the habit of, you know, in, in conversations with people who are not yet Catholic, you know, and, and, and they don't necessarily know that I'm a priest or they know I'm a priest and they're still asking the question, when they say to me, are you saved? My, my typical response is, I'm certainly trying day by day. Right. Because you know? it, it's never done until I hear the words, good, well done, good and faithful servant, enter the kingdom. And, and so I think that, you know, we can't get caught up in, you know, oh, well, you know, how can I say something to someone else when I fail? We, we know you fail. That's what the church is. <laughs> we, we know you do. We do as well, yes. Yeah, that's why the church exists. I mean, one of, one of the things early on that Pope Francis said that I think caused great joy to many people, you know, the, the, the church is a field hospital for the sick. I read an article one time about a parish down in Washington, D.C., where the pastor put up a, a sign over the front door that said, Welcome All Sinners. And he said there were people who actually walked up and then looked to the side to see if there was another entrance. Like, they didn't, they didn't get what he was trying to say, which is yeah, the church community exists because we're all struggling together. You know, we're all struggling to, to achieve virtue. We're all struggling to be free from sin. And, and, and it's in the struggle that we become holy. That, that, that's how it happens. We keep moving forward. Again, Paul himself, you know, why was he such a convincing apostle to, to all those communities that he wrote to in Galatia and Corinth and Philippi and Rome? Because he would say again and again, yeah, as you said it earlier, I don't do what I know I should do, and I do what I know I shouldn't do. He wasn't afraid to put it out there that, that this is his struggle as well. This is his struggle as well. Right. Well, and you, you talked about um, we want to become humble and, and trying to achieve living the virtues. And I think right there that practicing or living out the virtues, 
that's got to be key for us in offering ourselves, having that ongoing conversion in our lives. Again, for me, it seems to keep coming back to making that deliberate choice, that deliberate decision that we need to make at the beginning of each day, or even if we fall into sin, you know, we give into that temptation rather than sit there and beat ourselves up or say, you know, oh, what's the use? Here I am again, you know, uh, struggling with this. We need to look at that moment as an opportunity of renewal and rededication that we can resolve to do better the next time and pray for the assistance of the Holy Spirit that we can stay strong the next time that we do face that temptation, you know, like we pray uh, when we go to confession, uh, you know, that, that we can avoid those near occasions of sin. We make that resolution. I, I want to sin no more and I want to avoid those near occasions of sin. So living out those virtues has to be key for this, not just avoiding the sin, but then doing the opposite of that. And exact, it is a one day at a time. There's a reason why, you know, what's the pattern of prayer, right? The catechism in the section on prayer, which is very worth reading. If you've not read it, I, I urge folks to sit and, and read. It's much different than the, the section on the creed or even the section on the sacraments because it's a reflection on prayer. And it's based on the Lord's Prayer, right? Because when the disciples came to Jesus and said, teach us how to pray, right? Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy daily bread. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. Not weekly. Not monthly, right? Yeah. In the time of Christ, they weren't going to Sam's Club and buying a month worth of groceries. They were going to buy their bread for that day. It kept you daily dependent on the baker. In the same way, we come to the Lord daily. Again, the wisdom of 12-step programs, one day at a time. You know, I will, I will renew my commitment to Christ today. Why? Because I'm dependent on him to avoid sin and to be virtuous and kind and loving. I'm dependent on him for the fruits of the Holy Spirit, you know, generosity, kindness, peace, and patience, self-control, for them to be manifest. I can't worry about yesterday. I can't worry about tomorrow. I can live this today. Right. And, and there's just freedom in that. There's freedom in that, um, that, that I live each day in union with God. And again, that's that Kairos, right? Many of our young people go on the Kairos retreat, which takes place in many of the high schools. It's a version of a Crisio type retreat. But you know, in the beginning of it, there's this introduction. Kronos is, you know, it's, it's 2 o'clock in the afternoon on this date or whatever. And it's how we live in the world. Kairos is God's time. It's out of time. And, and there has to be an element for those who are pursuing holiness, pursuing daily conversion, that we're living in a different way. And that includes a timetable, right? Because, I mean, even when we see, like, other, quote-unquote, conversion programs, uh, diet programs, what do they say? You're going to lose 10 pounds in, in, in 40 days. <laughs> right. Right? Because why? Because that appeals to us. Why well, can't say to someone in confession or in spiritual direction, you know, if you pray this way for 30 days, you will, you will possess this virtue. Or all your problems will be gone, or, yeah, everything exactly. will be fixed in your life. No. You, you, the reality is when we start praying, when we're more enlightened, when we're more open to wisdom, we realize more problems than we got. Right. <laughs> you know? Because when we're not looking at ourselves, when we're not examining ourselves, we, we ignore a lot of things. And then we hold up the standard of Christ. Oof. Oof. That, that in itself becomes humbling. 
Our spiritual director today is Father Chris Walsh. He's a priest in the Archdiocese of Philadelphia, and we're talking about that ongoing conversion process in our life, striving for holiness each and every day. What are some of those routines or habits that you've developed in your own life that help you as you strive to move forward on that spiritual path, to make those strides forward in living a holy life. Our studio line is open, 888-914-9149, 888-914-9149. And Father Chris, let's go to the phones. We've got Carol, who's listening in Pennsylvania. Hi, Carol. Welcome to the program today. Yes, Father, I would like to tell the people I have found myself to draw lock closer to God. I'm sorry, I'm just, you know, it's a terrific feeling. Father, what I'm trying to say is what I've been doing is say the rosary on a steady basis. Make sure you make Mass every blessed weekend. I have a couple of rosaries hanging in the car. I have a bumper sticker from Relevant Radio because I'm trying to bring somebody back to church. You never know who's looking at the bumper sticker on your car. And also, I have found myself since I... Draw a lot closer to him. What I do is, Father, and I feel this will help a lot, a lot of people out there, try to focus on him as much as possible. I found myself focusing on him all day, almost all day, I have to say, unless I have an interruption. I continuously have the relevant radio on. I have three stations. I have Drew that I listen to, also um, Marion. Uh, and the other one is it's just all religious songs. It's just so beautiful. But you have to focus on him at all times. You should talk to him like he's your brother or sister. And I have found out that I just became a lot closer to him. Like, if I have to stop somewhere and I forget, I said, thank you, Jesus. I know you're the one that told me you forgot something. It, it, it seems like, Father, that everything seems to fall into place. I know other people are waiting, and I cannot thank you enough for your time, but it's a terrific feeling. It just makes you Amen. feel a lot stronger. It Amen. really does. I just feel a lot closer to him, focusing on him as much as possible. Everyone take care, hang in there, and God is alive. Thank you so much, Father. Bye. God bless thank you. you. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, I think that, that point is great of... You know, at, at Mass, at the beginning of the Eucharistic prayer, the preface, the Lord be with you and with your spirit, lift up your hearts. We lift them up to the Lord. And I think that that application has to come not just on um, uh, at Mass, but throughout our day, that we're lifting up our hearts and our minds. And, and so she, she raises a such a great point, which is it's the benefit of Catholic radio. Uh, you know, it's the benefit of listening to good Christian music. You know, it's the benefit of having all the images around us that throughout the day, as we face challenges, we're reminded to pause and lift up our heart. And certainly in the, in the different religious community traditions, right, Josh, we've had the Christian brothers at, 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 at the top of every hour, you know, 9 o'clock, 10 o'clock, 11 o'clock, 12 o'clock, whatever, in their schools, they would stop and, and just direct the hour to the intentions of the Lord. Church bells ringing, right? These things in our Catholic tradition were all reminders for us to stop and to recommit ourselves. Because as we know, at 6 a.m. when we get out of bed and we do our devotional, and, and you know, if you're blessed enough to be you know, praying morning prayer or have at least some morning offering, you know, maybe even you get to daily mass. And then you get in your car to either go to work or to you know, go take care of things at home or to go about your business. You know, by 11 o'clock, <laughs> you know, the demons are attacking. Right. You forget that intention. 
Yeah. And well, so again, what is the wisdom of the wisdom of the church, the liturgy of the hours, which again, not everyone can pray, but throughout the day to, 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 to recommit throughout the day to stop and pause and raise your intention again. I, I, I even heard you to find some way to do that. Yeah. I heard one man who talked about how, you know, his work life wouldn't allow him to do that, but he knew that every time he walked in or out of his office and which he would do you know, dozens of times during the day, whether he's headed to a meeting, he has to use the restroom, he has to go get lunch, you know. And so every time he would walk through that doorway, he would just say an Our Father. And that was his way of just kind of recommitting and renewing himself throughout the course of the day. Yeah. I, the, the neighborhood where I'm pastor uh, was once heavily Jewish. And um, so many of our homes uh, have the mezuzah on the doorposts. And so I've, I've often spoke about it. I know they've been painted over many, many times, but people know that there was something there, and so I've explained what they do. In the Jewish tradition, having the mezuzah, right, it, it goes back to Deuteronomy, you know, put this on your doorpost, and inside of it was a scroll, you know, I am the Lord your God, you shall have no gods before me, you know, and, and seek the Lord with your whole heart, mind, and soul, and being. And the Jewish people were told to touch that, right? And so we have mezuzahs all around the parish here, and I, I, I love the, the custom. Similarly, going in and out of a doorway just to touch that and say, yeah, I lift my heart and mind because I belong to the Lord, and I'm to be His today. I'm to be His today. So whatever way we can do it to sort of sanctify that time, it, it, it's going to be a blessing for us. Our spiritual director today, Father Chris Walsh, a priest in the Archdiocese of Philadelphia, talking about ongoing conversion, committing our lives to Christ, making those steps forward every day as we try and live a holy life, try and grow in holiness in each of our own lives. How has that happened for you? What are some of those routines, those habits, uh, those, those ways that you've found in your own life to recommit yourself again and again and again, to keep lifting your mind, keep lifting your heart to God throughout the day, throughout the week. You can share what has worked in your life and encourage others that are listening. Give us a call, 888-914-9149, 888-914-9149. We'll continue the conversation right after this here on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. If you missed part of the program, you can listen to this show and any of your favorites on the Relevant Radio app or online at RelevantRadio.com. This is The Inner Life on Relevant Radio. Welcome back. I'm Josh Raymond, along with our spiritual director, Father Chris Walsh. I want to say thank you to Jim Shaper and Patrick Alog, who are helping to run things behind the scenes. I want to also say a very special happy birthday to Jim. Uh, today is his birthday. I'm not going to sing. I'm not going to reveal his age, um, but he's... Uh, Great guy. Glad to have him part of our team here and glad to have you listening as well. And uh, if you missed earlier in the hour, we started the hour. Uh, this is the first day of a novena to St. Joseph that we're praying through the course of this week leading up to next Saturday, the Feast of St. Joseph the Worker. And I encourage you to join us at the beginning of each hour of the inner life over these nine days as we pray that novena together. So many of you have emailed in the intentions that you'd like to pray for. And if you haven't heard that, well, it's not too late. You can still join in, of course. You can join us in progress here with the Novena, and uh, you can find the Novena Prayer on the Relevant Radio app, and if you'd like to email in your intentions, I'll keep them confidential, but the email address is relevantradio.com. Again, very simple, relevantradio.com. Father Chris, let's go back to the phones. We've got Terry, who's listening in Oceanside, California. Hi, Terry. Welcome to the Inner Life today. 
Hi, good morning. Thank you so much. Uh, what I'd like to share is just a little bit of my quickly on my background to the reason why I do what I do. I um, had lived a life of drugs for in the 80s for quite some time. Um, got to the point where I couldn't live without it or live with it. So suicide was very much on my mind. Um, I had prayers being said to me, for me, excuse me, by my mother and other people in the church who I did not know. I made that step to go to confession, and I wasn't expecting to get what I got out of it. I um, was asked by the priest of uh, my relationship with my earthly father, and all flood <laughs> barriers came through. I, um, I told him everything, the reason why I do what I do, I uh, went to this wonderful confession, not expecting to do what I do. And I remember Father Dan, Dan had said to me, my penance was to come to Mass. And I hadn't gone to church in about 20 years or confession. I went to Mass that Sunday. And fast forward to over 20 years now, I go to Mass every Sunday. I go to Mass every day when I'm not working. Um, that has kept me going is getting that daily bread, uh, that weekly bread, um, and confession is a part of my life for the last 20 years that have kept me going. Without those two together, um, I don't know how I would have turned out. But through the grace of God that he gave me through that confession, going to Mass was my penance. That is what's kept me going. I have furthered myself, of course, in, my, in doing pilgrimages. I do the, you know, novenas. I, I'll do the 33-day consecrations to the Blessed Mother. I do the rosary. It has opened everything to me, which has kept me going. So I know there's so much more to our faith that I probably could indulge into, but what I have now is what's kept me going. And I share my testimony about my, my drug habits, my whole life, what I did to anybody who asks. I, I have no problem sharing it, but I always let them know the reason why I am how I am without rehabilitating excuse me, rehabilitation without going to any um, facilities. As I said, I went to confession. Confession is what freed me from that sin and that life. Christ took that desire to do that daily, to live with that out of me. I mean, I never went back once, and I never thought I could ever stop. But because of, like I say, confession, going to Mass daily, giving thanks and praise to God, I go to a wonderful abbey out here in Oceanside. I don't know if you're familiar with it, Prince of Peace Abbey. The priests, the monks here are just so fabulous. They feed me every day with God's Word. Beautiful. So that's my story. Praise God. And again, I think your testimony to that reorientation that takes place um, and, and the power of the Sacrament of Reconciliation, which again, if we're going to be honest with, uh, with ourselves and with God, uh, I think a daily examination of conscience and depending upon where we are in the journey, confession, you know, every two months, every month, you know, perhaps every week if needed. And and this is an important thing, Josh, that I think we, we, if, if we're going to be serious about the spiritual life, um, having a regular confessor. So I know, you know, sometimes there are people who are struggling with habitual sins and, and the shame that goes with it. I get that. I get that. I've been there. Right? And so what do we want to do? We want to hop around from parish to parish, and certainly not our own parish, but we want to go to different confessors, right? Because we don't want the priest to think ill of us 
first off, most priests are never going to think ill of you for confessing your sins. They're going to they're going to be in awe. They're going to be in wonder because that's why they're there to share that gift of mercy, and you're being honest. But but as our caller, you know, had this powerful experience, you know, which was certainly on the one part the work of the priest, but especially the work of the sacrament, because it not only forgives our sins but gives us the grace to start over, the grace to be reoriented. And, and we want to have a confessor that really gets to know our soul. None of us, if we're dealing with chronic health issues, are going to jump around from doctor to doctor to doctor. If we are, we're not going to get well. And the same with our spiritual health. So I, I just urge folks, you know, everyone would love to have a spiritual director, but, but unfortunately there's not enough trained people who are capable of doing that, and, and, and our priests most often are not going to be able to do it with everyone. But they can offer you spiritual direction. In, in the Spanish language, they have a, uh, particularly in the Spanish culture, they have an expression, a direction. And so I have some folks in Spanish are, you know, Father, do you have time for a direction? And what they mean is they're not just going to confess their sins, but they really want some direction in their prayer, some direction in their path to virtue and conversion. And, uh, and, and so a regular confessor, which might take place outside of the normal posted hours, after a daily mass or before daily mass, most priests are going to want to love to do that because that's what they want to do. They want to they want to help you in this journey to conversion and holiness. Right, right. Yeah. Uh, Terry, thank you so much for calling in. That's such a beautiful witness of how you've had that experience, that conversion in your life. Uh, really glad you called in today. Uh, Father, let's go to Patrick. He's listening in Ardmore, Pennsylvania. Hi, Patrick. Welcome to The Inner Life today. Good afternoon. Hey, Father Chris, it's a pleasure to be able to speak with you, albeit over the phone. I was... In 2019, I was at the bottom of my barrel. I was in a very dark place. And even being hospitalized due to my addiction, nothing got through to me. I was living my life as an agnostic. But I'm a very blessed man because my best friends and my family and your brother Kevin came to my home, gave me the opportunity to make a decision in my life, continue on that path, or to surrender. And uh, between the sacraments of confession and Holy Eucharist on a very frequent basis and dedicating my, my life to understanding that if I surrender my will on a daily basis, keep my hands on the wheel, but God's given me a roadmap. Jesus Christ and the Blessed Mother through me saying the rosary while I was in rehabilitation on an inpatient basis, the obsession was lifted I'm a very blessed Amen. person today. It's amazing. Amen, Absolutely amazing. Praise God. And again, I, I, I can't agree more. You know, the, the Holy Father has asked for the month of May, you know, an increased rosary campaign. And, and your testimony, as, as you're speaking, just on my heart, is, is the life of Venerable Matt Talbot of Dublin, right? Um, again, we, some will say we're all addicted to something, right? If it's, if it's not alcohol or food or drugs or you know, pornography or shopping. We might have a particular sin or some are addicted to gossip or pride, right? And, and again, the, the wisdom of being having those chains broken. And, and again, that image of the Blessed Mother, right, is the untire of knots, right? And, and again, throughout history, many of the apparitions, you know, were not just these feel-good things, right? Fatima is serious about daily conversion from sin and the power that comes from praying our Lady's Rosary. And, and again, whatever habit of prayer we're going to develop is, is going to be a blessing if we can make it a habit of prayer. Thanks so much for calling in, Patrick, and again, sharing your story there. And Father, we've only got a couple minutes here. Um, 
as we're talking about this, we've talked a lot about the sacraments. We've talked about making that decision in our own life, that deliberate decision, that deliberate choice in the daily process of conversion. But I also want to make sure that we have a chance to talk. And you, you've you've talked around it as, uh, you know, there's no way to, <laughs> to not talk about it as we're, we're having this conversation. But I very deliberately want to uh, say, you know, there is that aspect of knowing we can't do it alone. We have to rely on God's grace. We have to rely on the help of the Holy Spirit. So uh, what is a good way if we are saying, okay, I want to resolve to make this decision, make these good choices every single day. How do we cooperate with the gifts that God has given us um, through the Church that will help us grow closer to Christ? Yeah. I think, please, God, find someone in your world, in person, or again, that's the value, Josh, of this program and so many on Relevant Radio that are sort of orienting us, right, as to what a healthy spiritual life looks like. We have to have a commitment to daily prayer. Maybe it's daily mass. Maybe it's the rosary. Maybe it's that our Father when we go in and out out, out of a doorway. Um, but there has to be a, some aspect of daily prayer where we are intentionally depending on God. I, I think secondly, we have to be reading good things. If you're not a reader, find find other ways. You know, videos on YouTube, podcasts to listen to, where you're filling your heart and mind um, with, you know people that are oriented towards conversion and holiness. You know, I, I can't have a daily prayer life and then I'm binging on inappropriate things on Netflix. It, it's just not consistent. Right. I can't drink from two, I can't drink from two wells. So I got to decide what, what's going to feed me. Again, I think the regular confession, right? The regular confession is I'm rooting out sin um, and finding some, some companions, whether it's a, an intentional faith community. Uh, some people find it in, 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 you know, lay communities or lay Carmelites or, you know, third order Franciscan type of thing, um, you know, even just a prayer group at church, but, but some other people, right? The early church came together. <laughs> they came together. And, and so I think one of the challenges of all the wonderful things that are available with, with the internet and with, with cable and, and all these things, as great as they are, they sort of allow us to remain in silos a bit. And, uh, and that's not healthy for us because the, the church that Christ founded needs a gathering. And so the coming together, you know, but I think uh, more than anything else, I would say, Josh, just don't give up. Just don't give up. If, if, if you fail, all right, that was yesterday. Start again today. And that's the life of so many of the saints. If you, if you find yourself on YouTube, folks, uh, just Google um, uh, Seclair. She's a, a young Irish nun. She died in an earthquake, uh, had a tremendous conversion experience. The, the video is very appealing to teenagers. Um, but to adults as well, to be inspired. And, and I think the advice that, that Sister Claire gives there, uh, so Irish Sister Claire, I guess you could probably Google it under on, on, on YouTube, but any conversion stories will have the same elements of a person's reorientation and clinging to Christ. Don't give up. God is with you. God is always, always faithful to you. He's a father who never gives up on you. Uh, that's a beautiful way to end the hour, Father Chris. And Father Chris Walsh is our spiritual director today. Father, as we're down to about the last 30 seconds here, can I ask you for a final blessing for everyone listening today? Of course. May the blessing of Almighty God, 
who is a Father who creates, a Son who redeems, and a Holy Spirit who sanctifies come upon you and your family, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much, Father Chris, for being on the program today. Thank you for listening and joining us. I apologize to those of you who called in and we just didn't have time to get you on the air. But I hope you uh, will join us every single day leading up to next Saturday, May 1st, as we continue to pray that Novena to St. Joseph. Uh, you can send your email intentions to innerlife at relevantradio.com. Stay tuned. We have Mass that's coming up next year. Father Edward Looney is the celebrant. And coming up on Monday, Father Matthew Spencer, regular voice here on Relevant Radio. He's going to be our spiritual director. We're going to talk about living like a martyr. We're supposed to offer our lives for Christ. We're going to live like martyrs, right? We'll dive into that conversation coming up on Monday. Have a blessed weekend.